Hello and welcome to The Evocative Project. My name's Blake Bradford and I'm so happy to have you here today. The Evocative Project is all about building confidence from within, about having and knowing your why. Why you're doing what you're doing and with this project through my stories, co-hosts and guests, we're going to teach you the skills that you need to take on life and fulfill it with purpose. Hey guys, it's your boy B from Evocative. Now, this week's guest on the Evocative Project is SJ Plumpton, the success muse. And my golly, I have known Sarah for probably eight to ten years now. And even this project, even this episode, unraveled so many new learnings for me. And I think it'll really give you some insight and and allow you to have the conversation with the people that matter in your life and really dive into meaningful topics, meaningful insights to learn more about them. Because if you know more about them, you can become closer, you can have more empathy and you can love them greater. And that's certainly what happened for me with this episode. I learned so much about SJ and so much about who she was and why that made her who she is, right? So this episode is going to give you a tremendous amount of knowledge and insights and tips and quotes about mindset, about love, about relationships and about yourself. So... Please be patient. It's a little bit longer than usual, but I can guarantee you, if you sit through this one, you are going to leave a different person. You will learn so, so much from Sarah and so, so much about yourself. So please stay in it. Please Get a pen and paper ready because I know I took two, three pages of notes here in just dissecting this project. So without any more introduction to this episode, I'm really, really excited to announce SJ, the success muse to the evocative project. All right, SJ Bloody Plumpton. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Evocative Project. Um, thank you so much. It's been an incredible friendship, I guess, that we've really shared over the last, let me say, eight, maybe nine years. Um, starting back when we both got into network marketing together, Vima, um, you didn't do Genesis, whatever it's freaking called. And then you dove into um, Forex trading and I was on the cusp of jumping on that with you. And then I yeah. thought, no, I'm going to actually focus on my trade that I've been working on for four years and haven't really invested any time in. Um, 
but it's been incredible to, you know, be your friend and see you grow through, through all your endeavors, all your mindset shifts, all your mentoring stuff that you do, whether it's coaching with your Forex training, whether it's through your mindset, through success muse and everything in between and just being a close friend along the road and just seeing your development as a human being is such a beautiful journey to uh to witness so yeah super humbled to have you here super privileged to call you a friend and um yeah welcome to the evocative project thank you blake it's uh you know being on this journey with you since like 2012 or however long it's been it's Oh, I just have like the best memories of just the grind back in the day and seeing you just like you know, find your purpose and, and live that every fucking day is like, so F-bomb. Uh, so inspiring. That's where on the podcast. Yeah, we'll run it. Fuck it. <laughs> I click not for kids, so that's cool. Let's run it. Oh, done deal. I'm sorted. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so no, it's, it really has been quite enjoyable journey. And I think, yeah, we, we both deliberated on the fact of network marketing and certainly Veeam was our, our business, um, that really shaped our mindset, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Everything started from that. Everything yeah. like just even like the mindset growth and just, I think that's for both of us. That's where the belief came from being around like Bob Proctor, going to that convention in, in Arizona, seeing Alex Morton, just seeing all these young people who had these extravagant lifestyles. And it's just like, if they can do it, we can do it. How do we do it? Literally, I remember That's sitting right. there one afternoon. It was one night, actually. It was with Alex Morton and we were made a little film that I recorded so I could come home and show everyone, like, this is actually real. Like, he's the youngest millionaire in the game. <laughs> like, he's right here. <laughs> And it just, like, yeah, it just, fuck, it just created such a, a picture. It expanded our imagination and we started to believe and we started to dream and paint the picture for ourselves. And, I mean, it's why I say to everyone, like, I have so much faith in that industry and so much belief in that process because you really do have no, unless if you take it seriously, you honestly set yourself up mentally. Um, and for some, it's certainly financially for the rest of your life and for me I didn't earn a single cent really like profit wise in Vima but the wealth that I got out of doing that business dictated my whole life 100 percent um yeah it's oh I would I don't know I would definitely do it again I don't know if I'd start another one um now it's hard work it's so oh, hard. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't be start another one, but oh, I would if I had my time over, I would definitely do it again. 100%. For sure. I would, but you're doing better things right now. Oh, we got some serious shit on the boil, but it's all stemmed from there. Um, but yeah, let's talk about you. I love to uh, really dive into our guests past, where they come from, how they grew up, little education system, stuff like that. Just, just paint a picture of who Sarah is up until some really pivotal moments in your life. So yeah, talk us through that, please. All right. So I am 31, turned 31 this year. I was born at Macquarie, but I grew up in Mackay. That's how, you know, we met. How did we meet? I don't even know. I don't even know how we met. 
It was through Brett. So Brett introduced me to Vimeo. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So yeah, that's how we met. But, um, you know, my, I grew up in Mackay. I went to boarding school when I was uh, 13 and that really, that's when I had one of my biggest lessons I think in life. And I'm sure you'll probably ask me about that later on, but, um, you know, I had a really good childhood, you know, I, I never went without, I was very grateful, very blessed. Um, my parents are, uh, you know, my dad, very successful entrepreneur himself. Um, so I get a lot of my drive from him, you know, just that route of nine till five, that's just not in my DNA, you know? So I've always wanted something bigger for myself, wanting something better, um, had my first job when I was like 10 or 11 at um, the Eaton Corner Store. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you know that little shop in Eaton, the one shop um, opposite yeah, yeah. the park. I used yeah, to I know get that. that was my first ever job. <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah, which is like a little checkout chick. But um, I don't know. I think, you know, starting and, and having a job then really taught me the value of earning a dollar, which was cool. Um, moving on through, through high school, I actually went to boarding school in Sydney, Ravenswood school for girls, another big lessons there. Um, I never, I didn't go to uni straight out of school. Um, I've got seven diplomas from fitness, beauty, dermal science, hospitality management, sales, marketing. Um, my most recent study has been metadynamics and thought mechanics, which is kind of like NLP, but a little bit different. Um, so I've done a lot. I've done a lot in my time, but now for the last, I'm going into my sixth year of trading. Um, and kind of what I do now is I am a mentor in the trading space. So full-time trader have been for the last three and a half years. I'm an educator and mentor and a business owner in that space. And I basically just help educate and mentor people, people who want to be, um, you know, want to start in the trading world and basically take them from being a true beginner to, you know, a, a funded trader, if that's what they want to go down. Um, but basically someone with trading with confidence and, and ease. That's basically what I do now. That's, um, that's brilliant. I think, yeah, I was, I was talking to someone this morning about, yeah, where I would be if I would have committed to that six years, you know what I mean? Like if I would have been like, all right, stuff to trade or let's just do the trade and let's focus on this trading where, where I would potentially be if I would have, because I would have stuck it out with you. Oh, that's what we do. Fucking get in, <laughs> boogie along. So I was like, hmm, interesting. But um, I'm the, I got no regrets. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So you said you when you were quite younger, you actually had a really good upbringing. Um, your dad was an entrepreneur. Did he? Do you think that first job that you sort of got was something that he sort of, I guess, pressured you into, or sort of was like? Well, you don't just, it wasn't like a handout, here's money, here's money. It's more like you earn your key. Was that something that you sort of experienced or? A bit of both. Like my brother, Cam, who I know you know, um, you know, we, we were both, you know, we've, we've been very fortunate in, in how we grew up. You know, my dad worked really hard. Um, he's an electrical engineer. So he was never home. That was probably the downside is my dad was always away. Um, and my mom was raising us, which I'm also um, really grateful for. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to that job, I don't, I don't, I don't remember like why I got the job. I just think I wanted a little bit of independence um, from such a young age. Like I've always been a bit of a free spirit, lone ranger, and so I think just having getting and diving into the workforce was just something that I just wanted to do. And so they let me do it. They'd pick, they, you know, drive thirty k, pick me up from work, drive me to work. Like they just did it. 
you know, it was only on weekends. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good for me. It was good confidence boosting as well because I didn't have that much confidence growing up. Yeah, and I mean, we spoke just the other day and it's crazy how you get to, you think you know someone or you get to know someone, but you miss such a chapter of their life. Um, right. And through preparing for this this episode, um, diving in and doing a bit of research and then having some extra conversations with you, I really learned a lot about SJ prior to when we met. And it was, it wasn't a pretty lifestyle. It wasn't, you know, someone that you would think possibly come from a nice upbringing or a, a wealthy family, more or less. It was someone that <clears throat> didn't really like, like hated themselves, didn't know who they were and I guess didn't appreciate life, didn't understand that there was so much more than what a circumstances sort of, I guess, uh, makes of you. You know what I mean? So it was um, crazy to hear, like, I mean, you can probably touch on a little bit deeper if you'd like, but like those uh, moments when you're like 12 or, you know, when you first went to boarding school, how you actually felt about that. And I guess now being an adult, and we probably have some adult listeners to this project on how yeah. actually as a, let's say, 12, 13-year-old that gets sent to boarding school, now that you've reflected on it, how you actually feel. And so maybe a parent might be able to actually be able to pull some value and be like, well, yeah, yeah. maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I should reconsider or maybe have the conversation because at 12, 13, you're starting to have some really serious thoughts. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. So yeah, like disclaimer, this is like kind of hard to hear as well. Um, so just for any of those who are listening to this and for me to talk about it as well, it's only been the last kind of 18 months that I've been working through this myself. So it's still pretty raw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was 12, um, our mom got really sick. So she, I was going to Fitzgerald primary school. My brother was the eight at North high. Um, I was year seven and we had this bus driver. His name was, oh, maybe I won't say his name because that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but um, he was our bus driver since I was like, you know, six, seven, eight years old. So he had seen me grow up. Um, and as I started getting older, I just remember, um, you know, so at this point in time, my mom was in hospital. Okay. She was in hospital for a good, uh, from memory, like 18 months, like all of year seven, um, most of year eight. Um, and so I just, I, there was a couple of times when we would get on the bus. So the rule was I was the only primary schooler. Um, from Fitzgerald left on the bus after all the other schools were being dropped off. And so the rule was that he was supposed to take me to school first and then go around the block to North High and drop off all the high school kids. But sometimes he would go to North first and then go around to Fitzgerald and drop me off. Um, And there was a couple of times, you know, it started off with little things like, um, you know, he would graze my leg when I'd walk onto, you know, up up the bus steps and, you know, swipe my card and things like that. Um, to commenting, you know, that's a nice hair flower, your hair looks nice today. Um, and just little things like that. And then it started off like that. And then he, um, instead of when he dropped the North high kids off, he would, you know, take a bit of a detour. And I'm sitting, I remember I used to sit in the same seat pretty much every time it was like, we have the floor and then you go up a couple of steps and then there's like the backseat bandits. Like I was, I was in that area, <laughs> but I was like the first one up from the step. Um, I'd always usually sit around there and he would, you know, he would take a detour and I'd be like, Hey, where are you going? Like, I need to go to school. And he's like, yeah, we're just going on a city tour. 
Um, and it would start with that. It would move to that then. And then this one, like the last time this happened, um, he, you know, dropped the high school kids off at North and then he went for a drive to the harbour. Um, and as you like where all that new park is, like back in the day that just used to be this like dirt path, that gravel section, um, and he, he parked the bus there and uh, came and sat at the back and I've mentally blocked out what's happened so I can't actually like really tell you what's, what happened or if anything did. Um, but as a 12-year-old, that was really unsettling. Um, and so anyway, we went back to school. He dropped me off and uh, my mum and dad, so mum was in uh, the, the Piney Hospital. I just remember getting off the bus, running in there, and then my dad coming over to speak with Mr Wessel, who was the principal of uh, Fitzgerald at the time. Um, and I, I remember him losing his job, but I don't think anything else came from it. Um, and so it wasn't until, you know, my adult life where all of these traumas and feelings started coming up for me. Um, and I'll, and I'll go into that in a second, but that happened. Um, and then, so there's lots of feelings around that, like confusion, anger, sadness, um, disgust, um, you know, and, and because nothing really came about it, I kind of felt like I either wasn't believed, but it's like what 12 year old like can like think about something like that if you've never been exposed to it growing up. Um, and then that all happened. And then mum was still in hospital. She wasn't around to raise us. Like we nearly lost her. And so they decided it was the best thing to send me to boarding school because, you know, coming into being a teenage girl kind of went off the rails a bit. Like I was really horrible to my brother. Um, my dad was working away. So we we're constantly in and out of like a family friend's house and they were looking after us. And so they sent me off to boarding school and, you know, it was, for, it was the best thing they ever did for me. But at the time, you know, I really felt the feelings there were unwanted, unloved. I was confused. I didn't feel like I was good enough. Um, I felt abandoned, you know, and so then I went to boarding school and there was those feelings. And then going through school, I didn't have very many friends at school. Like I used to have my lunch in the boarding house um, just because it was a, you know, very prim and proper uh, North Shore boarding school, a little country girl from Mackay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't have a lot of self-esteem then. Every girl was like so beautiful, constantly in a state of comparison. Um, drama was my favorite subject at school and I did really well at it, drama and art. Um, and the reason I liked drama was because I hated myself so much I got to play someone else. And so there's all of that and then going and like leaving school I left in year 11 I did my um like hospitality apprenticeship at a restaurant in Darling Harbour knew I wasn't going to go to university I just wanted to like experience life a little bit um I then went to lived on the sunny coast and that's when I literally like fell off the rails <laughs> um you know not 18 seven, I moved there when I was 17 I had my 18th birthday there um, and that's, you know, fell into the drug scene, started, I got in a really abusive relationship, actually was engaged to him as well. Um, lots of things, that, um, you know, happened there, but everything, everything did stem from, you know, the lack of confidence and the lack of self-love. So, um, you know, I, I strongly think that, you know, I, I was told once that we cannot accept the love properly from others if we cannot accept the love from ourselves first. Um, and I didn't realize that at the time when I first heard that, but then I understood that because how we treat ourselves, um, in hand, in, in times of hardship or in times of need, um, reflects how, how we treat others that are closest to us. And that's why I had some really 
toxic, toxic, you know, romantic relationships. Um, so with all of that, it was only up until really last year, um, the start of all of this stuff that I started developing this like high performance anxiety where I was just like cramming my calendar with like, you know, 12, 14 hour days, because as I was, you know, when you're in lockdown, you're forced to be still, you can't do anything. So you're either alone with your thoughts or you pack yourself and get really busy. And so, you know, I used to think that, you know, being a fucking badass and being able to push through any wall, uh, you know, getting through any obstacle, um, you know, just resting, you know, who has time to have a pity party? You know, I've got worlds to conquer. I've got shit to do. That was literally my motto. And so I'd pack my, my calendar with student calls and I'd be working like 12, 14, 16 hour days. Um, but then one day, all of that trauma, all of those suppressed emotions that I'd forgotten about um, or pushed, you know, pushed away came through me. And I, my mental state went to a really dark place. Um, I was, you know, and, and I think me being so busy was actually my trauma response. That was how I dealt with the trauma. Instead of facing it, I just got busy so I could avoid it, right? So the one thing I've learned though was, you know, just allowing and opening up is so much more cooler than suppressing everything that is so painful. So, you know, anyone who is listening to this, I invite anyone to, to sit with that vulnerability, sit with your traumas, sit with all the rage, that anxiety, the shame that you may, like I felt so much shame growing up, um, accept it as, as part of who you are, as the human being that you are, and then work through ways to releasing it. You know, like our wounds are not our fault, but our healing is our responsibility. And so that's, yeah, if, if that long story, you know, long answer short for your question about traumas and things that I went through, that's it. I've been carrying it my whole life and I've only just recently dealt with it. I think it's, I mean, sorry that you had to fucking experience that. Like that's, <laughs> that's heavy duty to say, to say the least. I mean, and then I guess the beauty of you becoming who you have become I mean, at, at the time, I mean, over that course of the next, what, 10, 15 years, you carried yeah. that burden. You you didn't think, like, people don't believe me. I don't have the self-worth. I don't have the self-love. And you were just torturing yourself because you didn't have that self-love. You One, you didn't experience it. And two, you it was abused, you know. It was, a, it was taken advantage of. And so yeah. you never really had an experience of love towards you to then to be able to amplify that and seek that I guess it's such a I would think I mean obviously circumstances aren't going to be the same but I think there's so many people out there and I I talked to my family and really close friends about it as well that I think why are you going and trying to find a relationship or trying to find love or trying to create something that makes you feel good if you don't like yourself if you don't love yourself and I I guess I'm a testament to it because I live every day since my separation that tore my heart out and I was like where the fuck am I now to on this journey of finding myself I think that's what it's boiled down to whether I don't think um at the time i processed it like that but now that I'm living it and I've had conversations it's sort of like this journey is really to find who I am 
and I think you've had so that journey yeah. And, yeah. and really found yourself through through business and through work and through feeling these traumas come over you and be like holy shit 100% I think finding meaning in your emotional trauma means forgiving everything and anyone that hurt you you know like our healing and working through that that's our responsibility even though the wounds and the traumas that people go through it's not our fault we don't you maybe don't deserve it but so I, I yeah like you know nobody really tells you this but healing hurts more than the wound mm -hmm. and when you work through that pain and you go through that pain like who you are on the other side of that you are unrecognizable like you're not the same person and you're and for the better like you attract better you become better your life just absolutely changes because you've released everything that's holding you back yeah you release that negativity that, yeah. that anxiety, that internal, whether it's processed as depression or hate or disgust or however you might word it, it's you release that negative energy. And I, and we, I mean, I know we certainly believe in the universe's vibrations and being vibrational yeah. state. And if you're in that negative state, you're attracting more negative. And I think that's really mm -hmm. what you, what your life came to you just, you had no, you're in such a bad vibration that only bad shit was coming. And I'm like, I'm in this situation now where I'm staying in this motel in lockdown because these incredible people took me in and so good. I met them for like, what, let's say 30 minutes over three days. <laughs> They're bringing me chai lattes and stuff like that. But I spoke to him about it. I was like, oh man, only like, thank you so so grateful absolutely but I was like good shit just seems to happen and they're like he even said he's like I just believe that um if I was in this situation someone would do the same for me and that was his process in in, in helping me and I was sort of like it will bro it would if you're in that state Always comes back. oh it's crazy um I guess to that point like explain then to our listeners, how you were able to navigate out of that shit's full, like rough situation, like situations where, yeah, like you said, drug and alcohol abused, romantic relationships, things like, I think you can even touch on too, it's probably your, your rock bottom moment um, where you had your power turned off, you know, that really, really rock bottom shit that, I mean, I believe, yeah, our listeners are really going to or have gone through everyone does go through rough patches bad moments in their life whether it it's always in perspective it's always not always incomparable uh, or comparable yeah. sorry but yeah how I guess we come through that is defines who we are now right like it, it's yeah. defined who you are and it's defined your purpose and I guess you had a life with doubt and disrespect in yourself once um, mm -hmm. because you didn't have that love didn't experience that love when you were quite younger and not having a great self-esteem through that um you were shipped away to boarding school the psychology of yeah that unloved feeling and how that transpired into your adult life but yeah so if you could just talk us through those rock bottom moments I guess you touched on the earlier one but yeah talk us through maybe some more adult type scenarios that you lived through that were fucked um those really yeah life those challenging times that I guess was able to change 
your mindset and it got to the point where you're like, I have to make a change. You know, a lot of people, I guess, and I certainly didn't. Mine was more like I need to make a change because I value happiness more than anything now, where some yeah. people it's like, I'm de- like, I wanted to commit suicide yesterday. That's the end. Like, I need to make a change. Or for you, it might have been the power situation. Everyone's everyone's a little bit different, right? But how were you able to flick the switch and say, this is, I've had a fucking enough. This is it. Let's change yeah. my life. How, how were you able to do that? So, yeah, my my biggest the pivotal moment that really lit a fire under my ass was 2015. I had gone out as a subcontractor for um, Jordan Belfort and it was dealing with like skill shortages. And anyway, it was my first venture where I was like, up until 25, I was still under my parents' wing. You know, they, I wanted to do so much stuff, um, like so many courses, this, this, and this, they never said, you know, no, or you can't do it. They're just like, Oh, she's on to the next thing. She's on to the next thing. But it's like, I didn't want to settle. I wanted to find something that I liked. I didn't want to just like pick something and then that's me done for the rest of my life. Like I wanted to try things out. And so my parents were really, really supportive of that. But 25 was like the cutoff for me. That was when I was just like, enough's enough. I can't keep depending on my parents to like support me like this. Um, and so I moved out, uh, I moved out earlier than that, but I mean, I moved, I was living with my brother for some time as well, but mm. I got my first house, um, on the sunny, oh, sorry, not on the sunny coast, in Orly. <laughs> um, and it was like all me, um, with a friend and anyway, the subcontract business failed and I didn't get paid for about six months and my power got switched off and, you know, many things leading up to that but that is a really shitty place to be in. Like it may seem, oh, your power got cut off, but it's like, how did that happen? Like take responsibility, you know? So without going like too much into like, you know, the the psychology and diving deep into that, 25 and being in a really like just a situation I should not have been in, how I got out of that was taking radical responsibility and having radical accountability for myself. I took responsibility for my life. I then moved to Brisbane. My brother helped me pack my shit up, moved down, got a full-time job. I also then start, that's when I started learning to trade a side of my full-time job. So I ultimately, it was just me being like, enough is enough. My back is up against a wall here. Like if I don't change something, then nothing is going to change for me. And so, so that was the moment there for me. So when I moved to Brisbane, it was, it, it was one of those things where it's like, only when you say I did this, so even though that happened to me, I still did that. I wasn't proactive in myself enough to be on top of my bills to do this too. So it's, you know, like what I mean is that like only you can have the power to change it. So who cares if you fucked up? Who cares if you made a couple of poor decisions? Who care? Who cares if so-and-so did this to you? That is a period we all go through, but only until you realize that you are responsible for everything that has happened to you, regardless of like the childhood stuff. I mean, as an adult, when you are, you know, consciously able to make good decisions, um, for everything that you, that will continue to happen to you, that's when you'll find the success that you're looking for. When you take that radical accountability and radical responsibility, it's taking responsibility for your actions. Um, and there's, there's this, um, thing that I live by and it says, we attract, not just what we fear. We attract what we feel and we, we attract what we are, which is literally what you were just saying before. So if we are always pointing the blame at someone else, 
you're going to continue to find that bad things will always happen to you. If your finger is always pointed and shoved in the face of others, your sense of responsibility just vanishes, right? And so it's much easier to change what you are, you know, what you are doing and who you are than it is to change what someone else is doing. So if you don't like something, change it. That's kind of like what I live from from now on you know it's it's I used I used to be a huge participant in negative thinking um I was constantly overwhelmed and I never amounted to anything like I was a professional quitter up until I started trading trading for me was the moment it was just like this is a vehicle that can give you anything you goddamn want if you just stick with it long enough but we live in a society of instant gratification we want things now you know click of a button on your phone we can have it now Trading doesn't work like that. So the thing that trading taught me was discipline. It taught me patience. It taught it taught me that if I actually stick at something long enough and I build a bit of resilience and a bit of grit and put the work in, I will get everything that I freaking want, right? So for me, it was like the way you think about yourself plays a huge role in how well you live your life. So for me, it was I needed to start it. I needed to start telling myself that I can achieve whatever it is that I wanted to achieve that I can do anything that we put our minds to because that is the reality of it. You know, essentially every single day, the ball's in your court. You've got to nurture your why. And like you just said, when you do good, good things will come. So for me, it was just being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick of being broke. I was sick of being a victim. And I was just like, fuck me. I'm not going to get anywhere if I continue living like this. So even though that was like a shitty situation, it was the best thing that ever happened for me because it was a catalyst for everything that else that's happened to me in the last six years. And my life has been pretty damn phenomenal since then. Yeah, that's, I love that. Own your shit Mm -hmm. and make the decision to change. I guess that was, that was the big thing. This is, I can't lean on anyone else anymore. I'm for one, you were 25, like you've been an adult for seven, eight years. <laughs> grow up. <laughs> like, and I'm and to that point though, like I'm not saying, certainly not saying you need to figure your shit out, know what you want to do or what you want to achieve by 25. God no. But what I'm saying is you can't expect a different result if you keep yeah. doing the same shit. I needed to take away the safety net. Yeah. I needed to take away that because at the end of the day. No matter what happens, I know in like a energetic universal sense, I'm always supported. I'm always okay. Yeah. I know, I know for a fact that's all that's that'll always be the case. And so I need for me, like I've I realized I work pretty well under 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 stress. Like if I don't have a plan B, mm. my only option is plan A. Why give myself a backup plan? It's this or this. <laughs> oh, I literally said that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was to the guys that are here because they brought this place in July last year and it's middle of, co- it's been COVID the whole time. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't really know what plan B is, but we'll figure it out. I said, man, there's no plan B. It's just plan A.7, plan A.9. You know what I mean? Just keep working through plan A, baby, because that's all that you got. That's all you need. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so magic. And I, yeah, I love, I love that because that's my, such a big message to me is like, I guess, I guess it's easy for me to say is like you need to make the change. And I guess it's, it's easy for you to say now, but we've both decided, we've both made the change. 
So you know what though is, yeah, people don't change until they feel enough pain. Yeah, that's why people don't change. And that that whole 2015, that was painful. That was embarrassing. That was how did this happen? How did I let myself happen? Like how did I let? How did I let this happen? That's embarrassing. There's so much shame around 2015 and I've released that and let that go. But like, I let that happen. That was so painful and people don't change unless they feel enough pain. And that was the pain point. That was a tipping point for me. That's just like enough is enough. Like, come on. (laughs) That's yeah. But it's to that point. So many people get to that crossroads and go the other way. Hey guys, I thought I would just jump in here quickly to promote last week's episode with Jansen Andre. So Jansen is actually running 160 kilometers on September 25th for Make A Wish Foundation. So what Evocative have done, we have teamed up with Jansen to help support him on that journey and help him raise some much, much needed funds for the children that are unfortunately not able to live their dreams, right? So Jansen's event is the Freedom for Future Children. And if you jump on the Evocative website and purchase any shirt, we are going to donate $15. But what's in it for you? is not only the feeling of helping these children through your purchase, you are also going to receive 15% off your total cart value. So if you use the promotional code JANS100, J-A-N-S-1-0-0, you will be getting that 15% off and also with every shirt you purchase. So if you purchase three shirts, you'll get 15% off that total price, but we will also donate $15 from each shirt, so $45. So thank you for listening, thank you for contributing, and thank you for supporting Jan's and his 160 kilometer run for Make-A-Wish Foundation. But let's jump back into this incredible episode with SJ Plumpton. And I guess the the aim of this project is to show people and the aim of everything that I guess you, with your success muse, and then certainly with what I do with your boy B stuff and even evocative and everything that we do is our baseline is to help change people's lives, help change people's minds, I guess would probably be the the foundation of that, right? Um, Because that's where it starts. It starts with, a choice you know life life i heard this quote the other day friggin loved it life is between b and d birth and death you only have c in the middle and c stands for choices oh that's good quiet for off the, <laughs> the podcast now oh, <laughs> so good but yeah life is between b and d birth and death and everything in between is made up of your choices you have a choice when you hit that rock bottom to come back, to treat that as rock bottom. You know, rock bottom is only rock bottom if that's you start going up from there. If you keep going down, you haven't hit rock bottom yet, right? So you really need to I, – I, I don't have a mirror in this van, but I used to look past the mirror and look myself in the mirror every day and say, 
you're the best. You're the greatest. You are going to fucking change people's lives. Yeah. And uh, that's here. Like I've made that change from my subconscious in that mirror, that Blake in the mirror to the Blake every single day in the skin, in the flesh, in the bone, in the heart, everywhere. And it's a beautiful place when you can, when you can commit to yourself. And I mean, like I said, everyone's, everyone's hardships are different, but it's incredible that we were able to, and now we're in a position where we help people realize that they're able to as well, make that choice and make that change. Um, that was pretty heavy. Let's, um, I'm going to dive into something a little, it's a little bit funner, it's a little bit funnier. Um, I, I got asked this question. I was in Sunshine Coast and I was, uh, where was I? I was going to a Lime Cordial um, gig and I went there by myself, traveling around. I'm always by myself and just, I just, I just enjoy it. <laughs> so I don't have anyone to go to gigs and stuff with. So I was like, free it. I want to see them. I'm going to it. And I was sitting down just before they started and this little crew come over and one of the girls there just um, sat down and started eating her chips and was yarning and she sort of said, tell us a fun fact about yourself. And I was like, oh, um, shit, what have I got? I was like, oh, I live in a van. And she's like, fuck, that's so sick. And then sort of she told me one and then I was like, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to take that with me and I'm going to ask everyone I, everyone knew that I meet. And it's such a um, it's such a fun little question because it gets people thinking, which is about what evocative is getting people thinking, and it really comes down to the the point of how much you know someone, right? Like <laughs> if I ask my sister, tell us a fun fact about yourself, she's like, Fuck, "What? Where do I go?" Or yeah. if I ask a best mate, like I know a lot of things about you, tell us a fun fact. And I love the beauty of it where. It, it just stops you in your tracks and you're like, hang on, what actually is something fun? Yeah. Um, like there's so like now that I've played it for ages, I've got heaps of them I can rattle off. But tell us a fun fact about yourself, Sarah. <laughs> You'll be weirded out. <laughs> I don't know if it's like fun, but I really hate wet and boiled eggs. <laughs> so, you know, when you like you peel an egg one I'm not very good at peeling eggs anyway that's one thing that brings out my anger is <laughs> peeling eggs. but when you peel the egg you have to wash it and then I have to get a tissue to then wrap the egg in to dry the egg before I can eat the egg or use the egg so I don't like wet boiled eggs <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny um, um whoa. yeah well that's your fun fact run that that's brilliant Thanks, Blake. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I don't even know where to take that, but I don't even. I guess to the listeners, like, have a think about what's a fun fact about yourself and share it with someone or ask someone the question. I think it's such a fun little, little, I don't know, trade a little little game to play. I suppose where you can learn about yourself and learn a little bit about the people around you um yeah that really went sort of nowhere I guess but that was funny <laughs> boiling egg um this one's yeah this is this question's pretty deep as well actually I think because you just have really explored who you are and know yourself really quite well I think there's so much value in that and I really want to talk about dark moments and you know unfortunately dark moments are really what define us and what catapult us and become the catalyst 
to forming our why and forming who we are and our passions more or less. So yeah, this one hits, hits pretty hard. Um, it hits home for me as well, actually. And it's, it was an absolute pleasure that we both got to share business and share a unique friendship with Mick. Um, however, you obviously got to experience Mick a little bit deeper and a little bit more personal in just your relationship with him um, in the business and everything like that. And I don't want to pull on too many heartstrings, I suppose. And I guess it is, it's never an easy conversation to talk about death, but I know that you turn that loss into some fuel and some motivation. Um, and I guess as I did as well, it was ultimately the foundation well, part of the foundation to my current why and certainly to Evocative's why and it's suicide. Um, we, we spoke the other day on text and you sent me a, a message and a screenshot from one of your students and I, I had that written down here and the words were the biggest thing I've taken away from learning from SJ is that I don't want to kill myself anymore and mm. life isn't that bad. I mean, like, that's fucking incredible. Like, <laughs> um, the world owes you a thanks for that. So I guess because of what you do is so much more than teaching people about how to earn money and how to trade and things like that, it's far more, it's far deeper than that for you. It's, it's showing people the meaning of life, the meaning of love and what it's like to love themselves because you've been on that journey. You can show them that it's, it's, it's so priceless and it it's it's something that I love about you and I guess in all that do you think your passion for changing people's lives and changing people's mindsets comes from those moments like Mick and obviously through your own journeys of course but do you think you realize that there's more life like it's more to life so it's more valuable and far deeper than what the stereotypes stipulate as money and materialistic shit. And is that the foundation to your why and to what you're doing with what we'll talk about, which is a SJ Plumpton, the success muse. <laughs> well, first off, Mick, like tribute to that bloke, triple Mick. <laughs> what a guy. God bless him. Uh, yeah. Look, he was a phenomenal guy. Um, he had a true illness, that's for sure. But like my my business and my community as a whole helps, you know, just to sum up what that is before I can go into like the why for that, I suppose, is, you know, my business, my community as a whole helps people become financially literate. And the reason why that's important is because that is a, a subject that's not taught in school. Instead, it's taught by, you know, real life mistakes with loans and credit cards. Like, my first mistake was cash converters. <laughs> so our community that we've built is constantly pushing each other to grow in ways far beyond finances. And when people truly understand that trading, it like trading's not that hard. You press a blue button, you press a red button, the market goes up and down, right? But when truly, when people truly understand that trading is isn't just about charts, it's not just about making money, which is what all the masses think it is, right? When you work on yourself, that's when the money comes. When you shed all of your money beliefs and your opinions about the world that aren't even yours to begin with, that's when, you know, you start seeing results. 
at the trade house, we encourage open thinking. We, we encourage free thinking. We want people, we want to have these, we want to have conversations with people that aren't being had, right? All in the name of personal growth. So it's so much more than making money, but you know, a straightforward answer to that would be for me, it's all about my choices, right? So with my friend who, with my student that sent me that message and I asked her, I'm like, bro, how has your journey with Trade House been? Like, how have you been? What are you up to? Like, share with me your results this far. And he was like, you know, I'm, I'm up so-and-so percentage of my account, not the biggest, but my biggest takeaway is I no longer want to kill myself. And that is the, the, I can't describe the feeling of receiving that, um, as like, as an impactful thing, other than like, you know, that is, that testimonial there trumps anyone becoming like a six figure funded trader, in my opinion, even though that is also amazing, but to be able to have a vehicle, to be able to have an industry, to be able to touch people's lives and leave this world in a better place. than when I first found it, that would be how I would want to, you know, my life to be defined at the end of my life. Right. And with Mick, you know, I know, I know it might sound really cliche, but I don't want my accomplishments or my failures to define me as I lay down on my deathbed. That is not what I want to be known for, right? What I do believe and what, you know, would define me is how I want people to remember me by the choices that I make, right? Whether by, you know, whether that's like choosing to hold the door open for a stranger, whether that's buying someone in front of me a coffee and paying it forward, right? Or just going out of my way to help a stranger or help a friend in need. Whether that be big or small, even with my own little ways, as long as it's something that I choose to do that will leave a positive impact in this world, that's good enough for me to be remembered by. And with Mick, the, the thing that Mick has taught me he is the cheekiest, dark, humid, loving guy I've ever met. Like, <laughs> he was and, such a valuable human, right? <laughs> Fucking like, even just being able to travel to America with you and him and and the gang oh. was just like such an experience in itself. I just, like no, I can no one that like little, him. That little photo at the airport, like our wife I had someone like all jacked yeah. up, his long his hair, like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. you know, I, I will always be reminded for how thankful I am for me being in my life and yeah. taking part in my personal growth. So, you know, he was so compassionate. He made me become more, uh, more compassionate. He made me become more of a loving person. And to be able to have that type of impact, I'd like to believe that I have to do something for someone that can never be repaid. Now, what that really sparks in me and in, in, in most of all of us, I think, is that, where do I go? The way, the way that anyone would, you know, I don't want to be remembered by my diplomas, right? I want to be remembered by how I made someone feel, okay? Um, I don't want to be remembered by how much money I have in the bank, not the number of bloody, you know, investment properties that I hope I have. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be, you know, I want this memory of myself to be something intangible, right? Something that people I know can keep in their hearts forever, how Mick has impacted me because I have nothing but the fondest memories of Mick. Um, and they have been some of the most, you know, they have influenced me in the most positive way. And even just the thought of him has pulled me out of so many of my darkest moments. So the way, you know, the way that he helped me with all of that is, people will remember the impact that we have on them, 
and the memories that they have with us one way or another, our stories are going to be told. And my mind is so plagued with that idea, right? This idea that my life is a series of overlapping isn't just about charts. It's not just about making money, which is what all the masses think it is, right? When you work on yourself, that's when the money comes. When you shed all of your money beliefs and your opinions about the world that aren't even yours to begin with, that's when, you know, you start seeing results. At the Trade House, we encourage open thinking. We, we encourage free thinking. We want people, we want to have these, we want to have conversations with people that aren't being had, right? All in the name of personal growth. So it's so much more 10 years from now, 30 years from now. That is a really overwhelming power, but it also brings on a, a deep sense of responsibility. And that there is what makes me want to have such a positive influence in someone's life. And to me, I think that's really humbling. That just the thought that we can literally redirect someone's life with one word or one action, one kind word, one kind action, right? You know, we look at people every single day. How many people do we see? And it's everyone's always in the hustle and the bustle. We get so focused on just the little things that we don't, this is why I love you, right? You take the time to genuinely, like you read something in a post of mine that was like so cryptic, but you're the only one who picked up on it. It was a time in my life where I was screaming for help and you just read it. You read between the lines and you reached out to me. Like, the world, like I'm crying. <laughs> the world. <laughs> this is what this is what this is what this is what we need to do. So the one thing that I am constantly reminding myself, even when life gets really crazy and really hectic, is that so many lives are like that, right? Take, you know, take the time to be nice to someone every single day, whether that is the, the barista who makes your coffee, hold that door open for someone who's walking behind you, you know, help that lady take her freaking groceries to her trolley, like help that lady across the road. We're all so consumed with ourselves that we forget everything else that's going on. And it's so easy to see people as a means to an end, especially in business. You know, we're so used to this transactional society. Whereas when it comes to my business, I'm all about soulful business. If it doesn't feel good, then I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. The money doesn't mean that much because the money will come the better, the, the, you know, the more good that I do. So if we can just remind ourselves that there are people out there fighting their battles silently and to just be a good fucking person and to like have a bit more compassion and empathy to others, you realize that life is such a more precious thing. You know, some of us get 10 years and some of us will have like a hundred years more, some significantly less, mm-hmm. but we all have the potential to do good and we can be the difference in someone's life. We can be the catalyst in someone's life. We can be something so amazing that can like something just we that we simply say could change everything for someone. So be that. It's fuck that's so that's fucking it's so so true, Sarah. It's so true. And it's so just entrenched in who we are now. And mum even sent me a message there the other night. And she ran into these ladies at the optometrist and saying to that point, I was, I never lose sight of what I'm doing. And because I know my why, I want to, you know, I know why I want to change people's lives. Um, so I'll I'll never stop. But there's there's certainly moments in the days, you know, when you're sort of just grinding away and not that you're doing it for that instant gratification because we're not, but it's always nice to get like a message like, oh, thank you, or even just a double tap, like a 
fire or heart emoji or whatever it is, even if it's an interaction or a comment or something like that. And you don't always get that. And sometimes like, fuck, am I, am I saying the right things? Am I portraying what I actually want to give across? That's why I look at it. I'm like, okay, how's my delivery? <laughs> what am I, is it like I'm saying that's not correct? Is it, you know, cause I'm like, I know what I want to do. Is it, yeah. is how I articulate that incorrect? And that's why it's not getting the same results or gauging the yeah. same. Um, but it's just I just you just got to be genuine and patient and just keep clocking away and learning and growing but mum sent me a nice message the other day she said I ran to these um people at the optometrist and they said they one of them's like oh hey there's Blake's mum and another lady that worked there she's like well Blake Bradford like yeah she's like oh I love him I follow him he's like he's inspired me to um walk to work now and He's like used to work with my husband and right, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, thanks so for sharing that, mum. I was like, they're the little, they're the little wins that yeah. really just like boom, kickstart you again, off you go. And like, oh, <laughs> I come out the gates firing after that. Like, I think I sat yesterday and made like nearly three hours of content, just like little clips and videos and stuff like that. About like, I was in the, I was in the zone. It's funny, isn't it? I think people get discouraged when they're early on in their journey of doing whatever it is they want because they're trying to hit those home runs every single time mm-hmm. when it's not about that. It's about the little wins that compound over time. That's, they're the things that keep it going. And it's, yeah, it's, it's those, those silent impacts that you make. Yeah. That it's, you don't need that gratification. You don't need that thank you. And I'm learning that, of course, and um, getting way better at it because I live it every single day now. It's just mm. you do it because you know that what you're doing is is actually helping someone. 100%. And it, it's, a, it's a fucking beautiful place to be in. It's a, oh, it's a such a vibrational state. And it's, I guess, to that point is it's why I, I honestly don't really have any bad days. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so, I'm grateful for my life and just to wake up and experience life and certainly experience it the way that I do, but I'm grateful that I can be in a place of such clarity and flow that I'm helping people through that. You know what I mean? So every day is an opportunity for me to help someone else, whether I hear it, whether they tell me or whether it's silent or whatever, like I know what I'm doing, whether it's today, tomorrow, or in 10 years, it's making an impact. And it, that fuels the shit out of my fire. <laughs> like, I wake up bouncing and I, I don't have bad days because it, I'm, I understand and appreciate that people are going through some serious shit. <laughs> and so if I'm in a place where I can help them in any way, shape or form, I'm, a, I'm up here like a bad thing can happen and I still know that I'm on a level. You know what I mean? So I, mean, I guess. It's, it's not definitely like not discrediting that you can't have a bad day either. It's knowing that you can have a bad, bad moment. You're not going to let it turn into a bad day. But, you know, I always, I live by, like, it's it's okay to have, it's okay to feel a certain way. It's just not okay to stay that way. Yeah, that's, I guess that's to the point. Like, I don't yeah. let a bad situation yeah. ruin my day. I, I look at it, I'm like, oh, fuck, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, some, oh, I mean, we're human. We have bad. Sure, we have bad days, but I guess, yeah, like what you said, I don't let it define 
yeah. the outcome of my whole day or my the it doesn't I don't let it, it doesn't snowball yeah um, absolutely which is really I you read me a script the other day um something you wrote down years and years and years ago about the okay. success muse yeah do you, do you have that with you you know it off by the top of your head I'm sure um share us that message because that's that's really your project overlying project of everything that you do now is is the success muse it's it's changing people's minds it's changing people's lives and like you said it's not about trading and making money and yeah sure you can help someone earn six seven figures that's incredible like that changes people's lives but it's who they become in that process that is really what you're striving for so I think that really is going to get it's a a beautiful little journey you're on so it actually initially started with the modern woman and how this like just to recap on how this started I was living in my dad's townhouse in Mackay and I wanted to get into like business coaching and my dad being the you know successful businessman he is he's like Sarah you can't go and do that because and I'm like why I'm like, this is cool. So, you know, it's 20 grand. <laughs> I want to do it. And he's like, you'd be fraudulent because you've never owned a business before. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> true. <laughs> and so but that was actually the reality. I think there's so many life coaches out there that are like 18, 19, and they're going for all these like certifications and life coaching and this, this, and this. And it's like the biggest teacher is experience, is life experience. A sitting in a classroom is not going to give you that. So for me, it was like I could go and, you know, study this business coaching diploma but you've got to get in the trenches at some point. You've got to get some, some runs on the board. And so the modern woman was how it originally started. And then I was like, no, then I'm just, you know, segregating myself to only women. And so then I made it the success muse and I didn't want anyone to take that. So I registered the name in 2014 and I've only just developed it this year, but I was going through an old box um, and I found this, there's nothing else in it aside from <laughs> this. Um, and I wrote this, my dad and I wrote this, um, which is a pretty cool memory. And my mission statement was the success muse is an organization of like-minded individuals that connects, supports, educates people of all ages from all walks of life to inspire, coach, mentor. I want to motivate and inspire business owners or anyone wanting to develop themselves to their highest potential. I want to help hundreds of people, clients reach their goals in their business and personal life, all done through mindset, uh, mindset coaching, marketing services and financial education and by this stage I was not even trading then okay I was not even trading I just knew that for me like the it's one thing for me to be like yeah I want to make you know a million dollars ten million dollars but it's what am I going to do with that money when I've got it and I'm a naturally a giving person and generous person by nature so the more I have the more I can give the more I can provide change um and so my values were education individuality community friendship and it was pretty crazy that I'm now actually living this through Trade House Australia, but also in my development with the success news. And I've got a whole page here that I won't read to you because literally all of that just extended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy that I, you know, it's a massive form of manifestation for me that I realized what I wanted back then, but it was only through trial and error of finding things out that I then found the vehicle for me to pursue my why pretty cool <laughs> i've well i love that and we spoke to uh, a couple of minutes ago about mick and when we went to america and 
me when I wrote my wife for the first time, you were probably the first person to read it because you were sitting next to me on the plane. And I remember sitting there, it's like, my wife. <laughs> and, and it's like, I want a life of freedom. I want a life of freedom of choices, of finances, yeah. of time, because I didn't have that growing up. I want to be able to provide for my family in a way that I wasn't able to be provided to. And I want to just experience life without that stress. Yeah. And you you literally would have been the first person I showed that to. It was fucked me what time I was on the plane. We were everyone's asleep. I swear it would have been you at some point. Anyway, and that was my screensaver for years. And then eventually put that away and got a new screensaver but it was already entrenched you know what I mean and it's so I think I spoke about it previously with someone else on here or even just in general day-to-day topics the the power of writing those things down the power of writing your goals down and acknowledging them and taking them from a subconscious thought to your conscious mind where you actually are acting on it And it was crazy for me through my um, hardship, through that separation. And I got to my 25th birthday, which probably was like six or seven months after it. And I remember one of my my big goal with speaking at um, Vima and our our, uh, little events was by the time I'm 25, I want to have my own business, my own, and this is the vehicle that's going to get me there. I want to have my own business that's going to give me and fulfill my wife, right? So 25, I had two businesses and, I was comfortable. I was free of finances and those sort of things, but I didn't have the time unlocked yet. And yeah. it got me to 25. And it, it literally was on that day. I was on the phone to my friend Benny and I was, it clicked. And it was like, dude, I had to go through that separation. I had to be single for me to be able to make this choice to do evocative full time, to live in the van, to live yeah. the freedoms that I've defined in my why eight years ago like it had to happen and mm-hmm. sometimes the bad shit that's really really hard to get through really hard to work through and I mean I went through counseling and psychologists and all that sort of stuff to help me through those dark days it had to happen and I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's such a, a cliche saying like everything bad happens for a reason but I mean, through that, I just believe it to be true. Like the, the bad shit has to happen. And Cole said it the other day perfectly. You need your bad days are what help you get through your bad days. Yeah. Like you, you need that experience. You need that callus, you know, and you're in the gym lifting weights or whatever. You're digging a hole in the backyard and you're getting callus on your hand. Like it's toughening your hand up. And those bad days and those bad experiences are toughening your mind up. It's just acknowledging that for that and then building from there and going from there. And I absolutely love that. That's you read that down. Like that would have been what eight years ago or something. Can you really take it? I only just realized it like two weeks. I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) this is my life now. (laughs) So crazy. Phenomenal. Right. And it didn't click to me. I was like, I haven't, I'm not fully there yet, Benny, but I got the date in the calendar. It was like eight months later, December. I'm like, that's me. And so every day I'm living that. Yeah. Which is, so which is what you do as well. Like, 
Oh, it's so sick. And what is, I guess, with all that success muse, what what is that about? What like you've read that script there, but what is what are you doing now, I guess? With your trading and with like if someone was to be like, all right, let's look up success muse, what's she about? Yeah, cool. Um it all stems from I I strongly don't believe anyone should be struggling financially in this day and age. You know, we're in the age of information, technology, and there is just opportunity everywhere. Um, and like I said at the beginning, and like you said as well, you know, nothing changes unless nothing changes. So if you're choosing, if you're struggling right now, it's because you're choosing to. Okay. So my mission is to help people cast a vision for their lives and create a game plan for them to achieve what it is they want to achieve. And I, the reason why I want to do that is because I believe most people talk themselves out of wanting more for themselves because they either don't know how to get it or they don't believe they can. And I want to be that person. I want to be the muse. Muse means source of inspiration to do that and, and be that for them. Because if I can, you can. So that's literally in in the you know short in a short answer. That's what it's about. That's what I'm about. I love that, and that I guess your why is around that. What? Mm-hmm. Well, that that's your why. That is my why. I mean, there's 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 steps like how I found my why for sure. Um, but my why is I just want to be that that source of inspiration for someone to live a better better life in and to stop settling. Like stop settling for mediocre relationships, stop settling for a mediocre job, stop setting, stop just stop settling, period. When there is just like no reason to. There are ways, you know, get uncomfortable being comfortable. Mm. You know, like just put yourself out there. There are vehicles, there are, you know, how I found trading is I just ultimately wanted to like I figured out how I wanted my days to be. And I then sought out industries that could give me that. And it was just by default, I became good at it. And here we are. <laughs> never, the, never the intention though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we didn't, you weren't looking for something to trade. You were looking for how can I live the life I want to live? Yeah. Um, which takes me to my next question. And it's a question we ask all our guests on here. It's what's one tip from the success muse? What would be one tip? to give our listeners in searching for their why in finding their passion, finding, finding what they love to do and then ultimately making that shift in their life. And I think the beauty of our conversation and where we've come from is, and to that exact point there, it took eight years to achieve yeah. it. You know, <laughs> like, so have patience is, is the big, like yeah. that's what Jan's tip was last week. Have patience. It, it might not come to you now. It won't come to you now. It won't come to you next week. It won't come to you in probably the next year. You probably won't achieve it for several years. But if you know it and you put it in your subconscious and you think about it and then you start to live it and work towards it, it'll come. But what is your one tip in people in searching and, and navigating to a point of knowing their why? So I like with that, I found my, I found my true why in 2014. Okay. But it was cemented in 2015 when I had my rock bottom moment and 2016 was where I found my vehicle. Okay. 
So anything before that, anything that I like, Blake and I were working with people, you know, like Johnny and Alex and Brad Alcazin who flew out. These guys were making like hundred grand a month. So when you get little old Blake and SJ, little small town kids from Mackay <laughs> hanging out with these millionaires, we're like, whoa, um, you know, like that vision, we're, we're really grateful that that vision was painted for us such a young age for us and, and, and when it happened. But, you know, anything before that was just, materialistic stuff. You know, I just wanted money. I just wanted to travel. I wanted jets. Like I just, my vision board back then was embarrassing. <laughs> like it was just like private jets and just ridiculous stuff. But, um, what I, you know, I, I just, I basically, I just sat down. Right. And I, and I asked myself, what did I want out of my life? What was my why about? What can I do to get out of this rut that I was in to pull out this powerhouse woman that I felt desired to be right. And it was there. It was in plain sight. I knew it all along, right? Like yourself, my, in short, my my freedom, my why is my freedom. It's impact. It is um, my vehicle for achieving that is trading, right? But the thing that got me there is you guys, we, we all decide who we want to be. So you have to make a choice. One that will either send you flying off into the best version of yourself or exactly where you are right now. And there's got to come a time in your life where you, you just won't be satisfied anymore. You won't be happy with just the bare minimum. You won't feel fulfilled, right? And that's, that's when you have to make one of the hardest choices you'll ever have to make. It's how do you want your life to play out? What, you know, what is it that's going to get you where you, got, where you want to be? You are the only person that gets to decide who you want to be. The only person who gets to choose how you're going to get there. You set the rules, you set the guidelines, right? And when you live in a world that is constantly telling you, like how many times do we hear, follow your heart, trust your gut, quit your day job, do what you love. Like it's like a fucking live, laugh, love fucking sign that goes to bed on someone's bedhead. Like, <laughs> like it can be so disheartening to see that and read that when you don't know what it is and you don't know how to get there right? Like, <laughs> oh, but you've got to ask yourself the simple questions of, you know, what is my why, right? And, and how to break that down is your purpose is not one job. It is not one relationship. It is not one career field. Why do you think I've got six diplomas, right? Why do you think I've studied so much? Is I didn't want to just make a life altering decision at 17, go to university, be stuck in six, six figures of uh, student loan debt, and then get on with my life right? I didn't want to do that. Your purpose is first and foremost is to be here right now where your two feet are, right? Your existence has shifted the world in a way that is invisible to you, but without you, absolutely nothing would exist as it is right now. Like that to me is so damn profound. So this is important for you to understand because if you start believing that your whole purpose in being alive is just your job, it's just the role you take on at home, it's just to get married, have kids, you know, do this, do that, have the white picket fence life, what happens when you quit your job or you get laid off from your job? What happens when your kids grow up and then you've got, you know, empty nest syndrome and you're no longer a parent, right? You'll sink. You will lose your identity because you were falsely thinking that your only reason for being was for all of that right? So your purpose, your purpose today, right? May have been to offer someone a smile when they were at their lowest, right? Your purpose this decade 
may be the job that you're in, right? When you realize that you are literally always impacting the world that you're in today around you, you start to realize something that the most important thing that you can do is to, is to, to well, the most important thing that you can do to live a meaningful life is to work on yourself. This is why I love trading, right? Because trading, you're not just trading the financial markets. It is a mirror of every belief system that you have, right? It is, you, you know, when you start working on yourself to become consciously the most happiest, kindest, most gracious version of yourself, that to me is purpose alone. So with all of that being said, when most, what most people do when they worry about, you know, I don't know what to do with my life, I don't have a purpose, um, they're always talking about their life's work and their jobs, right? Your career isn't nothing because we spend most of our life every single day working to make a living, right? But it's, so it's not that it's not nothing, but it is how you will spend the majority of your life every day for the better part of it. That's why figuring out how you can best serve the world, right, how you can best serve others makes the long days, the suffering, the, the difficult moments, the hard times so much more worth it, right? Because for me, it was figuring out how I wanted to feel every single day. And this is what I said to Blake a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know trading was going to be my, my vehicle for all of this. All I did was I did, I just, I, I sat down with myself and I wrote out how did I want to feel every day? Not what I wanted to do every day, right? How did I want to feel? And I wanted to feel peace. I wanted to feel joy. I wanted to feel the fucking, just the sunshine literally beaming out of me, <laughs> right? I wanted, you know, I wrote out what I wanted to, I then wrote, wrote out what I wanted to do each day. I didn't want to wake up to an alarm clock. I didn't want to snooze one more time. I didn't want to like rush for work, eat brekkie in the car. I didn't want to be stuck in traffic. I didn't want to sit at a desk for, you know, nine hours a day. I didn't want to build someone else's dream and forget about my own, right? I didn't want to do that. So I'm passionate about freedom. I wanted to experience life. I wanted to, um, I, I, I didn't want to just wake up, go to work and die, you know, have weekends off, ask for two weeks off a year. There's your holiday, you know ask for a pay rise. So for me, I found all of that through training. So for someone who's trying to find their why or they're trying to find their purpose and what they're here for, ask yourself those questions. What is my ideal day going to look like? How do I want to feel each day? What do you want your legacy to be? Because that's super important. You know, free will exists, right? I believe your path is already laid out for you, but free will still exists. And therefore the slate that we have, the slate that we call life is truly empty. So with your actions every single day, you're laying that out. You're laying that out. So at the end of your life, your purpose will be not, you know, won't be defined by, you know, how much you struggled, what circumstances you were in, um, you know, what you were supposed to do, but It'll be, it'll be defined by how you, you know, responded in the face of adversity, who you were to people in their life, right? What you did each day in its own unique way, that's what you're going to be defined by. So for me, that's how it all started. If you're questioning your why, start with how you want to feel each day. Then start with, you know, yeah, what I literally what I did is I wrote out how I wanted to feel. I then looked up industries. I looked up you know, like e-com, um, trading, you know, network marketing, affiliate marketing, like drop shipping stuff. And then all of those things, I then wrote out a Benjamin Franklin list, which is basically the pros and cons for all of those industries. And the reason why I really love trading was because 
it was on my time. I could literally pack up my phone, my laptop, jump on a plane, get in the bus, go anywhere and make money. And my income wasn't dependent on selling products or someone else or anything like that. It was completely on me and it was on my time. And that's exactly how I wanted to live my life. So that's how you find your why, in my opinion. But set the intention and man, it'll figure that out. Oh, shivers. That, that in itself, cut that out and just post that everywhere across the world. (laughs) How do you want to feel every single day? Yeah. Start there. Start there. Start there. How, yeah, in finding your why. So figure out how you want to feel every day and then look at some how what you want to do every day and then look at industries that will allow you to have those feelings and those time freedoms yeah it's just three steps it's simple as that i mean you you fucking amplify that like incredibly and i'm like hmm yep i'm doing that i'm sweet (laughs) um Sarah, I appreciate your time today. It's been absolutely incredible to always chat with you and really dive deep on certainly some of your heartaches and your your hardship moments and then to look at some of your highlights and your certainly your hero moments with, you know, helping save people's lives through what you do, which is fucking beautiful. Um, so, so proud of you. So incredibly humbled to have you in my life and I know you've got some big things coming up in the future and getting married hopefully this year depending on this COVID shit um she's she's been a bit of a juggle and I can't wait to celebrate that amazing day with you and um Mm. just everything that you do I know that our journey in in life and helping people certainly is still only just at the beginning um but yeah I'm, I'm so proud of you and yeah, thank you so much for coming on The Evocative Project and sharing your why and sharing your incredible insight on life and mindset. Thank you for the opportunity, Blake. It's it's cool doing it with you because, like, you know me, but I think you now know a new version of me and watching you live your truth every single day and, you know, what you do is, like, it, it's noticed. Trust me, it's felt, it's seen, you're heard, and I think that's, you know you couldn't ask for something more like your message is being heard and seen and you are impacting lives and thanks for allowing me to be part of that i bet you are sitting there just absolutely astounded by what SJ just delivered. You are sitting there thinking about your purpose. You are sitting there deliberating on everything that you've experienced in your life, all the choices you've made, all the hurdles you've either stumbled on or cleared with great joy. You are sitting there ready to take your life to the next level. Thank you so, so much 
for listening all the way through that episode with SJ. I certainly know it wasn't a struggle and I certainly know you have left feeling absolutely motivated, inspired and ready to take on your life and sit with yourself and think about how you want to feel. How do you want to feel every single day? And that's the most valuable message that I would pull out of out of SJ's uh, episode today was how do I want to feel every single day? And then from there, figure out what I want to do with my time and then figure out what industry or what work or career or whatever that may be is going to allow me to do those things. So guys, thank you so much again for listening. I'm super excited to bring you another incredible episode of the Evocative Project next week. But for now, that's all we got time for. It's Blake Bradford, your boy B from Evocative, signing out of another episode of the Evocative Project.